0: Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Welcome back everyone. Super excited to have our guest on today. This is a person that I met back in 2013. I was brand new with Cameron Brooks. And uh, and we hit it off, and we were we were buddies. Matter of fact, I remember this person was sending me fish pictures of catching huge salmon in (laughs) some river in Oregon uh, pretty early on, and I thought, man, what a good guy. And so he crossed my mind recently. Another thing had happened in my life, and uh, and he crossed my mind. So I figured I'd reach out to him, and and here we are in a podcast. So I'm gonna introduce Mike Shear to you. Mike came through this program in uh, January of 2014. Army Special Forces officer, launched his business career at Biotronic, and has been in the medical device space ever since. So I'm excited to hear from him, excited to hear from Mike and just kind of hear what he's up to in his career. So Mike, thanks for carving out a few minutes today. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Pete, thanks so much for having me on. Um, I appreciate it. It's, it's great to catch up and I'm looking forward to, uh, to our conversation.
0: When I sent Mike an email, he's like, man, you must be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, you can't find anyone else to, us to interview. And that's why I love this guy because he's, uh, he's good, but he, he's sneaky good. He's humble good. So, Mike, uh, it's a real pleasure. Glad you're here. All right. Absolutely. So, why don't we start? You know, we always start these podcasts kind of the same, like just so everyone can get caught up. All right. Who's Mike Shear? What'd you do in the military? Just as a baseline. So maybe just talk us through quickly a little bit about, uh, a little bit about your military experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Pete. Um, Just shy of 10 years in the army, um, I was an ROTC product out of UC Davis, Northern California, Um, spent five years as an infantry officer and uh, held all the basic positions, platoon leader, XO, um, company command for a short while, and and then got into the staff. Um, Transitioned into uh, the special operations um, around 2010. Um, got a, a job with uh, First Special Forces Group, where I was a, uh, a ODA commander and then an operations officer. And actually, the day of our interview, um, I think to officially uh, sign on with Cameron Brooks, I had made major below zone that day. I don't, I don't know if you remember that or not, but it, it, it made my uh, my exit interview with my battalion commander a, a little bit awkward.
0: <laughs> so that really kind of drives the the next part. So you're killing it in the army. You're, you obviously have the ability, have the ability to go high as you want to that below the zone major is a very special moniker. Um, like, how did you reach the conclusion that now was the right time?
1: It it was kind of twofold. One of the driving factors was uh, my family. You know, I, I was averaging probably nine or 10 months, a year that I was gone uh, out of First Group, mm-hmm. and so um, you know my my wife and I were trying to start a family, and uh, and we hadn't had kids yet. And being around only a couple, you know, six to eight weeks, really a, a year, made it a little bit more challenging. Um, and then secondarily, I felt like um, if I wanted to do anything but the military, this was kind of my last chance to jump off. You know, like I felt like mm-hmm. if I if I stayed in it for a for full twenty years, I would probably be pigeonholed in either a dod or like an interagency job or something like that afterwards um but there was a lot more of my life that I wanted to, to do and um and, and, I, and yeah. so that was kind of the, that was the uh that was kind of the decision point there um and additionally like if, you know I, the, I I miss the army I I miss my time as a captain and I miss my time as a lieutenant but those days were gone like if, if I were in now you know I'd probably be taking battalion command somewhere and, uh, and I would have been in some dark hole basement for the last eight years. And, and that's, not, that's not what I miss.
0: I do think that that, that O4, and you were busy to ma- O4 to major, but I do think that that probably is one of the last at- off ramps. Doesn't have to be the off ramp for everyone in what you're describing, but I think your intuition is exactly correct. Unless, you know, I had a buddy of mine who I was college with, he got out of 20 years, but he had a PhD in data science. Yeah. So he could take that to corporate America and do that. But I would say, you know, just kind of the normal and not to say special operations is normal, but the normal kind of 040506 track and then yeah. getting out of the military pretty rarely leads to, OK, now let's go launch a career in business. So um, yeah, and and, and I had to look at this so I didn't remember, but you have twins, right? Or you you had Correct. fresh baby twins when it when it was starting when you were getting out. Yeah, but
1: as I was transitioning, my wife was pregnant with twin girls, and uh, and so that, yeah. that was uh, they were born in my first month on the job um, with with Biotronic, and then um, <laughs> and and we now have three girls. We've got we've got a, um, my twins, are okay, now, and uh, and we've got a four year old daughter as well.
0: Okay, so you and I are in the same club. High five! <laughs> Love gotcha. that three girl yep. club. Love that. Um, I'm a little bit further along. So when they hit the 12-year mark, 13-year yep. mark, and they start to grow those little budding spines. yeah, Give me a call so I can we can talk through that a little bit. All right. Uh, so absolutely. um let's talk a little bit about why you chose Biotronic. So, first of all, who who is Biotronic? What what does that company do? Yep.
1: Um, so Biotronic is a medical device manufacturer. Um, so they they manufacture pacemakers and defibrillators, which are implantable cardiac devices. Um that they, yeah it's a, a kind of a pure play as far as uh, as far as invest well, their private company. but like if you're looking at pr- public companies, they make one thing and it's cardiac devices and, uh, and, and they're starting to slowly expand in that space now. Um, but uh, but I I really enjoyed the medical aspect of my time in the Army. you know, like especially in special operations, there's a lot of cross training, a lot of interventional trauma type training. And, um, and application, you know, overseas. Um, so I liked that part of it, and and there was what drew me in particular to medical devices is it, I, I, I was a little bit still kind of like wanting to do good, you know, like I'd spent ten years doing something that I thought was purposeful and patriotic and doing like good things and not just being about like helping rich people get richer, and so that that, that kind of drew me into the, the medical space where. where the job that I took with Biotronic was still patient-facing. And so I, we were truly helping people and you can make a good like a good living doing it, but there is that kind of twofold aspect where, you know, I wanna provide for my family, but I wanna feel good about what I'm doing as far as like helping people that need help, you know? And so, so that was kind of attractive to it. Um, when I went through the process and, and the conferences and stuff like that, it basically whittled itself down to my my top four companies that i wanted to work for or, or that I, I was interested in um three were in the medical device space and one was in the financial market and um and and the the three were all i mean they're all very attractive all had great managers that i was interviewing with and um and i think it was advice that that you or joel or some someone gave me very early on is is location um, don't let location be a factor until it can be. You know, and um and and really B- biotronic offered me a job in California. And my wife was pregnant with twins. Her family and, and my parents were in California, and and like we didn't know how much I was gonna be working or how little I was gonna be working. And um, and that gave us a chance to be around family for support, which was really nice. Um, but that being said, you know, I, th- I think the piece of advice that you gave me that was the best was um you know like don't let it be a factor until it can be, you know, and, and so I had four offers in hand and I was able to choose one based off of the territory I wanted to live in.
0: Oh, good. Um, One of the things I've heard about cardiac rhythm management sales, that's not my experience and background, but that it's super technical, lots of training, lots of study. Was that easy? Was that hard? Was that intimidating? Tell me more about that. Yeah, it,
1: it 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 wasn't easy. Um, it took a lot of work, you know. And, and really, the first six months um, in a, a a cardiac rhythm management or CRM company is a, like you're drinking from a fire hose. Right? Like you're trying to learn you know, like a crash course in cardiology as quickly as possible, you know. And so, so I, I was exposed to a lot of volume early on where I didn't really know what was going on. Um, but a lot of these companies have a pretty in-depth training program um, where I spent six weeks at the corporate office. Um, and not all, not all at the same time, but there's uh three, two week courses where you'd come in and it would be, you know, eight to six, um, right. study and training and testing. And, and if you, if you failed to test twice, you were no longer employed, you know? So, so it, it was pretty intensive in that perspective, but then once you kind of figure it out, um, then you just can keep getting better at it, you know? So, so I, I think the that that's kind of a, one of, one of the things that made me as a kind of mid-level military officer getting out is i would had almost 10 years of just learning new stuff every two or three years, you know? So it wasn't really that intimidating. And I, I felt confident I could do it. Um, but it was, you know, it, it was a, a lot of learning to start off with.
0: One of the things I hear all the time, not only on this podcast, but just talking to military officers who have gotten out. is is I've got to learn something new. And I like the way you just said that I don't I I say it a few different ways. But I like the way you said it in that, man, I've just I've been learning, you know, like, I mean, you get training in the military, and then you go go do a job that you're really not trained for multiple times. And so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because because I remember my boss hired me and he's like, "Ah, oh, you obviously don't have any experience, but you don't, you work hard. I'm like, yeah, I work hard. You follow direction. Yeah, I will follow direction. Can you learn? I'm like, yeah, I can follow. You're going to be great here. So totally. yeah, um, yeah. I, and, and I want that to be an encouragement to those that are listening because because um, a lot of times I think people are intimidated. Well, I don't have a little bit of this experience or that experience. And, and I always say to people, well, it's not, well, if you, they're not, that's why they're not coming to Cameron Brook. The military officer if they were they wouldn't come to us they don't have that experience so i like the way you said that one of the things that you know some people know that this exists but even today when i told people where i started my career medical device sales like going into the or consulting the surgeons um they're like oh you can do that i think most people don't realize there's other people walking around the or other than doctors and nurses and, and such yeah. and so what was that can you give us a little bit of perspective what's that what was that like i mean Mike Shear, Special Operations ODA Commander. Now I'm walking into the OR, mm-hmm. advising a surgeon on cardiac rhythm management. You know, yep. these guys, these men and women who have been through years and years of years of training and study and internships, et cetera. Like, uh, what was that like? It, it, it,
1: When it's done right, I want to say, or or when it's done well, um, it, it honestly, it's a partnership because you know you're device and the capabilities of your device better than they do or you, you, you're you're carrying out their intent really i mean to put it in military terms you know like like they they tell you what they want you to do and then you have to figure out how to do it using the product that you have at hand which is you i mean that's our specialty and that's why there is a job and and more so than just in the or um the partnership extends like to the corporate level as well because physician input is what drives our r d you know, and, and so they're, they're like, Hey, I, I really wish, like, I really like your device, but I really wish it could do this. And then we give that feedback to the, the research team and they start working on a way to do it if they, like, well, if they hear it enough times, you know? Um, so it, it was really, really um, fun and exciting. And a lot of people look at a sales job and, and they're like, Oh, like, that's just a slimy used car salesman. And like, if that's what it was, I would have quit a long time ago. You know, like, like it's, it's a sure. partnership with these physicians and you're working as a proxy for them a lot like outside of the or um if a patient with a cardiac device um gets in a car accident and they show up in the emergency room like you're usually one of the first calls because you can go in and interrogate that device and find out what that patient's heart was doing led to the accident and all sorts of stuff and um and and so like i think when it's done properly you're really you're a great asset for that physician as they treat patients and um yeah it it was it was really fun you know the to go back to like that first day when you walk in, like it's a l- little intimidating, but it's just it's kind of the same thing that I was doing in the army for 10 years is you start a new job, right? you keep your mouth shut, you listen a lot, you know, you try <laughs> not to <laughs> talk at a turn and, uh, and and you kind of figure it out that way. And, and then you build build rapport with, you know, your customers and uh, and the, the physicians and the patients and stuff like that. And it all just kind of works itself out.
0: I know you're not at, well, you're not at any, biotronic anymore, but think about like the the best day in the time you spent there and the years that you'd spent there what was the absolute best day and why
1: yeah um so th- this was in ben so i uh, my time in biotronic um started in fresno and uh and fresno not the you know not the dream place for my family and i to land but it, it was great and it was high volume so i got a lot of learning done like I probably was as good as somebody who had been doing my job for three years, and I've only had one year of experience. And so that was pretty good.
0: real yeah. quick. So just to yeah. see, because you've said that phrase twice, just sure just to explain high volume. Tell, yeah. tell tell us what that means. Yeah, it, it, um, it,
1: Fresno has is a large market. Like there's a million people that live in Fresno. So there's a lot of cardiac surgeries and a lot of pacemaker okay. device implants. And it, yeah. Yeah, we, we we're probably seeing 20 surgeries a week. Um, on average, where when I moved to Bend, Bend's a much smaller market. So there's a, about 100,000 people that live in Bend proper, and um, and the catchment yeah. area, which means the people. Uh, how how large is the the geography that's supported by the hospital? So the catchment area was about 250,000. Where in Fresno, our catchment area was like three million people. So that's what I mean right. by with more people, there's more medicine, and um. Mm-hmm. So when i got to bend to now to answer your question um the probably the greatest day was i I was working with a a doctor who had become my friend you know and and so he he was a customer from the corporate perspective but on a personal level like we were friends we we would snowboard together and fish and go mountain biking because we liked each other we hung out a lot and we had fun being around each other and um and we had what was going to be the the largest caseload in a single day i'd had um, we had four cases lined up and, um, and you know, we're doing, as we're kind of doing the cases, some people start showing up in the emergency room and, uh, and they need, they need devices. And so he's like, all right, put them on the schedule. And I, I think we ended up doing eight cases that day and it was in the, in the winter in band. So it was great, you know, financially revenue wise. And we helped a lot of people and, and I, it felt like a very well-oiled machine where I knew my stuff, he knew his stuff. And it, like on a professional level, it, it was amazing. And, and it was early on in our time in Bend. So then I walked outside and, and 18 inches of snow had fallen. <laughs> and my, my little Subaru <laughs> was just like covered in snow. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it was just like, all in all, it was, it was a pretty, pretty special day, you know?
0: Tell, tell us what it means to be a friend. See, the, I think this is getting into the realm of things that I don't spend a lot of time talking about. You know, when I'm explaining sales, it's usually that someone who, like you said, maybe has a misinterpretation of what the career is, Mm -hmm. what the career path could be. Um, And I don't go as deep as what you just did. So tell us what it means to be like a friend with your customer, because I Mm -hmm. think some people could think, well, well, gosh, is that genuine? Because you, he or she's using your stuff and you're getting compensated for it. So like, tell, tell kind of go down that road for just a second. Yeah, it, it, it all starts
1: transactionally. Right, like I have a job to do. I I need to convince this physician customer that my product is the best choice to treat his patients, and so that's where it all starts. It's it's just like when you if you work at McDonald's and like you've got coworkers there, you've all got a job to do. So, like it it starts off transactionally, and and then it kind of evolves into this level where like your your coworkers, in a sense, like he's definitely the guy right it's his practice his patients his medical license but you're helping him do his job and you can do it efficiently and and the um kind of where i'm at now is i, I try to run my business because a, a sales position is a really unique position where i, I kind of get to run a, a, a franchise in a sense right like i've got my own geography my manager comes out maybe every other month for a night, and we have dinner and we talk, you know, but like, like it's it's very autonomous and I, I get to do my own marketing. And uh, and so now I, it's it's evolved to the point now where I, I'm really I, I try to be a business consultant for physicians that I work with. And so its you know it's more than just, hey, I've got the best product, you should use me and that you know that's real transactional. And then and then you kind of develop a relation a professional relationship and then that usually leads into a personal relationship. And, and then, you know, now it's like, it's like okay, how can I help their whole office? Um, you know, how can I help them run more efficiently? How can I bring more referrals into that practice? Um, how can I help their surgery centers run more efficiently and be more productive? You know, like that's kind of where um, I see that consultant type role leading. And, and, oh, by the way, you know, when we do surgeries, he does think my product is best for his patients. And if he didn't, he shouldn't use it, you know, because that's, that's right. my practice. You know and uh and so it it just kind of becomes very synergistic but it also takes time you
0: know yeah okay so now let's fast forward a little bit so you're 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 not working at biotronic you haven't been at biotronic for a number of years now so so you made the move to nevro is that true you made the move to nevro
1: Correct, I, I moved to Nevro in October of 2017. Um, so 2014, 15, 16, 17 with Biotronic, and then um, made the move to Nevro, and, and it was a um, pretty stressful time. Like, 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 because we had moved to Bend, Bend's a, a small market, and that there were a limited number of physicians that were using our product. And um, and one of the, the heavy hitters that was using my product the most um, he, he, and his practice had a disagreement and, and he moved to Spokane. And, um, and so Biotronic was like, all right, pack your bag. Um, you know, you're going to, Spokane. you're going to Spokane. Right. Okay. And,
0: and hold on, hold on, back up. Yep. Don't go, don't say that too fast. Cause yep. cause this is a real unique type of selling where like you're in every case, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, somebody gets in an accident, emergency room, you're in every case. And so yep. you are literally, and this is unique to cardiac rhythm management, you mm-hmm. know, at least to a large degree. You are tied to that person, especially oh, yeah. you said heavy hitter that means he's using a lot of the product mm-hmm. that's a lot of revenue for the company so they're like okay you're, your guy's moving you got to go with him
1: yep and, and that's exactly what it was and um and he, and he like cardiac rhythm management can be commoditized a little bit, meaning that you know you can use any of these devices to keep the the heart rate at where you want it to be and, and a lot of what what separates biotronic from medtronic and abbott now and boston scientific is, is the service component so like i was a major feature for my company you know and and that mm-hmm. the, that trusting relationship um technical expertise all of those things were what made biotronic the most used device in my market and so when, when that decision maker leaves then you know corporately they were like yep yeah, pack it up you're going with him, and i and i was like well have, have you been to spokane <laughs> Because I haven't, you know, <laughs> and I was like, uh, Ben's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, uh, so, I, you know, I, basically I, I just developed a plan. Um, you know, I was, I was like, okay, like if, if that, if, if my choice is be unemployed or go to Spokane, I'll go to Spokane and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And, but I started interviewing again, you know, I, I kind of put my feelers out and I was like, well, my, my wife really likes it here. My daughters are are integrated here. Um, we'll move if we have to. But let's see if we can create right. some options and that's when never came about and it, it was um unique because i didn't know much about that uh, the, the the umbrella term now is uh neuromodulation which is kind of a mouthful so spinal cord stimulation is what everybody kind of says um unique market but totally different in a like, totally different industry within medicine where i'd spent you know, all of my time in the cardiac market, I knew the cath lab. I knew the cath lab staff. I knew the physicians. Um, spinal cord stimulation is done as, is done in the operating room, which is a totally different part of the hospital, different administration, different leaders, different staff. And my, you know, the physicians that I work with are, are neurosurgeons now. They're interventional pain specialists, physiatry, um, anesthesia, pain. And I didn't know any of those guys, you know? And so, so Nevro hiring me was kind of similar to Biotronic hiring me where I didn't bring any revenue to the table on day one, you know? And I I was like, well, I've got this track record where I can grow a market from zero to two and a half million. Um, I can learn anything, you know? So let's go back to school. I'll go back to corporate and do the training again and and, and got to kind of start it from scratch again. And, and Nevro had, um, really like like it was about two years after launch and and we got fda approval in 2015 and and it hadn't really filtered that far into ben yet and so i kind of got to start from scratch again and it it was uh never hired me as a associate sales representative so it was a a major step down financially and um and responsibility wise and that, that just kind of you know six months later i was a sales representative and then. A year later, I was a district sales manager, which is just a fancy way of saying sales representative again, you know. And then um,
0: <laughs> with the option to expand, right? Exactly, which is what you're doing.
1: Which is yeah. what I'm doing. And, well, and let's so, just ha-
0: let's yeah, yeah okay, go, ahead, so. go, ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so let's kind of vamp on that because that this kind of ties in. One of the things we've been doing is helping military officers see some of the kind of things to be focused on when you get out of the military, you know, I say this to people all the time and Mike, even since you've gotten out and I'm, you know, eight years is kind of a long time in that way, nine years. Um, I mean, I think this market, you know, this idea of the military officer transitioning has changed a lot, even in that amount of time. And so I say this to people all the time, you don't need Cameron Brooks to go find a job because you really don't. I mean, find any old job in government or maybe in corporate America, whatever, but what we talk a lot about is doing this career search where you get to compare. Like you said, you teed up, you know three or four med device, you had a financial, and you got to compare one to another and which one made sense. And ultimately, you made the choice based on how you made it. But yep. but ultimately, in that process, what you did is you went to work for a company and you put your nose to the grindstone. And mm-hmm. I remember actually having a conversation with you. You were probably a year in, maybe less than that. And it was a contract conversation as you were doing some renegotiating of of how things were going to work at Biotronic. Um, But regardless, you built a track record that, you know, you didn't just walk into Nevro, but you just said, you know, I've got this track record of success. I've done it before. I can do it again. And, and obviously, you know, they, I don't think it was, I mean, I can't imagine your boss looks at you going, I don't get it. This doesn't, this is, this isn't going to work. Like you said, you didn't bring any business with you, but it had to be, in my opinion at least it was probably a pretty easy hire for him yep because it, of that track record but yeah tell me more yeah it, it
1: i i was hired on on the initial phone call and um and, and it, it you know it was a um it, it, it there there was some other advice i got at some point um but it, it there was a, a fine line between confidence and arrogance right and so in my head i was confident i was like well yeah look what i've done over the last three years i took a, a, a market where Biotronic did very little in, and I turned it into the most productive territory in the state of Oregon and probably the Northwest. You know, and so, but, so I was like, so yeah, of course I can do it again. You know, <laughs> and uh and, and, and it, 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 you know I was, I was like, well, it, how he's like, how would you go about doing it? I was like, well, just like I did last time. You know, I'll keep my mouth shut. I'll learn as quickly as I can. um I'll be better at my job than anybody that I'm competing with, and like I'm not going to burn bridges. Like I've I've learned that. You know, in any job, if you burn bridges, you're not going to be that good at it. You know, and um, and so I was like, I'll keep all the options open, and and I'll start working the periphery, and then I'll start going after the like the whales, and um, and I'll do it again. And he was like, okay. And I started. I, I think I <laughs> started. 30, 30, yeah, thirty days later, I I gave a month notice, which apparently is too long, <laughs> and uh, and then I started. <laughs> and then I started uh, on October first.
0: Okay, so that, that's so good. That's such a good story. Well, and another thing, actually, there's so many, so many things to pull out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is like, okay, so you know the, the corporate America broadly, Biotronic specifically, but for, for corporate America said, we want you to move to Spokane. We, this mm-hmm. is where the business is going to take you. And mm-hmm. you got to choose. You could have moved and you would have moved had you not found employment, right? You got to take totally. care of your family. Yep. Um, but you had a skill set such that when you got the interview with the hiring manager, he basically hired you on the spot. And I think that's a hard thing for people to appreciate. You know, I think people think in the military, if you get passed over, that wasn't your situation. But if you get passed over, like that's it. You, there is no other military to go interview with. You are going to have to find a new job yeah. in, in a new company and industry but in your specific situation, and this happened to me as well, I don't. We have a similar, not quite that way, but similar in that way. Like, like you just went and used your experience to find another job, same mm-hmm. industry, different company, and it was. I don't say lickety split. You had three kids. I'm sure you were nervous, but yeah, I, I, you,
1: I was. I was nervous, and it was a stressful time. You know, but like it, it it's kind of like when um. I mean, honestly, going back to the, the, the conferences, you know, like, like at the conference, I went into every interview, like I needed that job to feed my family. You know, and, and my, my, I wasn't filtering out who I wanted to work for. Like I, I was passively. But I, I was like, every interview, like I need it, you know, it's, it's this or we're, we're out in the street. And 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 like, that worked out well, you know, and, and then and then every, um, every visit, you know, every trip, I was like, like i was going into it and now it wasn't just to get like a, a yes or versus a no i, I went on every mm-hmm. trip to get an offer you know and i was like because trip
0: meaning field ride. sorry just to clean uh, yeah, that exactly, up a little yeah, bit yeah you yeah, got it, it. Yeah.
1: yeah and so like every every corporate visit during the interview process like i went there to get an offer like i needed it you know to feed my family same same thing and, and because like it doesn't my my opinion doesn't matter until i have options yeah, right. and and that was Mike.
0: I, I give this advice. I, I, you probably helped me hone my advice in your mm-hmm. process, but man, I give that advice to anyone who will listen. When you, before you get an offer, mm-hmm. you've got to treat every interview like it's your only interview. Exactly right. Because when you do it, it's a, it's a mentality. It's not a it's not a disingenuous like, hey, I'm going to say blow a m- bunch of smoke. It's a mentality yep. that ultimately gives you options. Totally. All right. So now tell us, tell us about, okay, so you started as an associate sales rep. So like you said, you made a choice Mm -hmm. to start from the bottom. I'm sure, I'm sure your boss was like, listen, man, come in here, prove yourself. You'll be a rep in X amount of time. You'll, you know, I'm sure there was a path as you were going, but kind of describe the path.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it it all comes down to, um, what your compensation structure is, and how much of that structure is is based on risk, which is the variable piece. You know, and and so like like it come it came on where I, I was salaried, um, so there was no variable piece. It didn't matter how much revenue I drove, I, I was going to be safe, like safe, and and it wasn't great. It it was a pretty big step down from where I was at with Biotronic, um, but. It got me, got my foot in the door, got me in the industry. And um, and and I knew I wanted to stay in medical and, and I wanted to stay in bed, right? So um, six months associate sales rep again, drinking from a fire hose. All of a sudden I'm looking at x-rays of the spine now, as opposed to uh like I could tell you in any part of the heart before. And I'm looking at something totally different in, in rooms with people I don't know, and um, and just just learning, but, you know, keeping my mouth shut and learning. And then um, and then as you know as, as they realized that I was starting to generate some business, you know then it became the option to move to a sales rep. Um, and at that point, like a lot of your income is based off of your revenue. Like, like revenue and income are tied where you'll have a a, a a fairly low fixed component to your income and then a much more or in a variable part that can be huge or it can be small. you know and if you're not selling, you're not bringing in a lot to the
0: house. And, uh, but you want Mike. I know. I'm gonna. This is an assumptive statement. But you want variable, like you, yes, Mike Shear, want correct. the variable. But tell us why.
1: Yeah, because the more that your income is tied to variable, your success drives that paycheck. And and for me, like I need that pressure. You know, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And, and, and I mean, there are days in my job where I can just lay on the couch and watch ESPN. Yeah. You know, which is nice. But if I'm not out bringing value and, and, you know, showing my customers, m- my work, my effort, helping them as a consultant, you know, like, like if, if I'm just laying on the couch, I'm not going to get paid. And if, if, if I can get paid as much as I want based off of how hard I work, that creates big opportunities. So, so yeah, my, my goal with both, you know, both companies I've worked for is, is pay me the lowest fixed salary you can and give me the biggest percentage of my sales.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. So now where we had talked before I hit the record button, we had started talking a little bit about you growing a team. So now you ASR sales rep, sales manager, which you said was like a glorified sales right nothing glorified, but sales rep. But now it's like you get to you get to build some things out. So uh, what what's happening? Um, I, I'm actually going
1: to be able to earn the title um, of district sales manager. So, so my, my territory for the last seven years has been banned. You know, there's one hospital here. There's a handful of surgery centers. There's a limited market. And, I, and I've, I've delivered pretty large market share growth in two different industries within medical device. Um, and so it created an opportunity where I get to take on a larger territory. So I, I'm, I'm going to take over most of the state of Oregon. Um, and then I'll have three, um, three teammates working with me and and they're all going to be in that associate sales rep role. Um, and the, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, a team effort. Um, but instead of just living in Bend, working in Bend, rarely traveling, you know, I'm going to have a little bit more time on the road. Um, I'm gonna be able to go out and, and meet with and engage new, you know, new physicians that, we might take a stab at and see what happens, you know. And then I'm going to have guys to actually manage um, on the ground, which is going to be pretty fun, you know. So, so it, it's it, I'm going to have a, a very much more sales focused role um, in the rest of the territory, and then I'll still be doing what I've been doing for
0: the last five years here in Ben. So I guess you're going to Spokane, not moving, but I guess you're <laughs> out there. <If> you <laughs> yeah, so yeah but maybe, maybe a couple say, of what's minutes. up to your buddy out there. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so. So obviously you guys are entrenched in Ben right now. You're raising mm-hmm. a family. You're yep. plugged into the community, I'm sure. Where does this go five, ten, you know, crystal ball stuff here? Where does yeah. this go five, ten years down, 15 years down the road?
1: Yeah, you know, I've actually been having a, a kind of a lot of uh, internal discussions with my wife and um, and just just a lot of thinking and kind of strategizing Um as far as go, like, like for me, the next step would be going into a, like a manager role and and there's pros to that. And there's cons to that. And, you know, if, if I manage a large territory and do it very well, my income can be pretty good. Um, and it, it, as a manager, at least in, in this career field, um, there's a little bit less upside, but you'll get paid more right off the bat. Um, but you don't have like, a, 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 the sky is not the limit financially. You'll have like a little right. bit of a, a, a range to live in. And, um, and there's right. more, tra- there's more travel involved, you know? So like, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, like I kind of look back at my army career and I, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, when I was an infantry company commander, you know, I, I commanded 120 guys and, um, and so like, I kind of got that out of my system a little bit, so I, I don't necessarily feel the need to move upwards into management or to try to be a vice president just for a career fulfillment. Um, And so I'm just trying to look at it analytically and see if it doesn't make sense, you know? So in five years, I'd say right now there's a 50-50 chance that I'll be in management of some way, shape or form, Um, or I might be doing the same thing I'm doing because I like what I'm doing and it pays well, and I see my family a lot, you know? So there's kind of that, balance and, and, and the, the thing that's the, the craziest you know eight years out of the army I got out at 32 I like I turned 40 next year and I, for what I'm doing I'm still young you know and and that that was the weird thing was like because 10 years in the army like you're kind of beat up and kind of salty <laughs> you know and like, like right. everybody looks at you like you've been there for a while. And then I I got out and I was thirty two and I was the youngest guy in the room by like 15 years. You know, and, and all of a sudden I was like right. And so um yeah, you know, it, it, I, I can't tell you fifty-fifty where I'll be, but you know if I'm yeah. providing well and doing a good job, still I might still be doing this.
0: Well, the point the point is the, the takeaway for those that are listening is just just appreciate how much Mike how much control Mike has over what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no branch manager, there is no key development jobs, there is no or you know for other services there is. Um, no detailer or no okay. Millington or whatever it might be, like you're making choices and for you with your income and your mm-hmm. quality of life and what you, what you're doing right now, this works. Okay. I suspect if I were a betting man based on what I think I've seen in the past, you, you'll move along and do some other things, but, but yeah. you'll have the control and you'll get to dictate a little bit more of the timing that quite work out that way, as you well know. Um, but you at least have a little bit more control over the timing, but I think that's important for everyone to appreciate because, Mm -hmm. because not everyone is, you know, trying to get to vice president in three years. And Mike, you certainly have the ability to do whatever the heck you want to do. And you just get to make the choices. And that's, um, and that's fun to watch. There's another guy. I actually trained him when I was at Ethicon. So he's closer to my age than your age, a guy named Scott Sargent, who, in oklahoma city and he did the exact same thing he's like why would i ever leave this and he was a he was a door kicker man he could have done anything yeah and so i just it it brings encouragement and i tell people about scott all the time so now i'm just going to point him to this podcast because (laughs) the the amount of control that you have over your career is something one of the main reasons why people choose to get out of the military to begin with yeah so um so it's encouraging um all right, so I got a couple more questions. We're going to try to land the plane here. Yep. Um, knowing what you know now, what are what are some of the best things that you learned in the army? And maybe you've already said them to a degree, but what are some of the best things you've learned in the army that you've been able to to being able to apply that has allowed you to be as successful as you have been thus far in the companies that you work for? It, it,
1: I, I think the fundamentals all stay all stay the same. You know, like. If you take care of your people, your people will take care of the mission, you know, so like be good to people, you know, and especially in, in, it could be sales, it could be finance, you could be in operations. Um, if you're not good to people, they're gonna set you up to fail, you know, and and, and so it's self serving, and it's also just the right thing to do. And then, it, you know, the other thing is, is like especially where I'm at now, I, I'm, I'm very autonomous. Um, I, my manager lives in a different state. You know, and um, and I talk to him when, when we need to, like, if I need something, I call him. If he needs something, he calls me, but it's not, we don't have like a daily meeting, you know? And um, so that with autonomy, like doing the right thing is huge. And, and if, if you can do the right thing when nobody's looking, then like you are just take, you're not doing it because you're afraid you're gonna get in trouble, but you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And so like, I would say those two things, which everybody learns in the military, right? Take care of people, they'll take right. care of the like, do the right thing when nobody's looking like those apply your whole life you know and, and, and I think that those things like you know i've I've seen a lot of people get get in trouble with autonomy and um but if you prove your trustworthiness it'll be just fine you know
0: yeah it's great so good any uh any books podcasts audio anything you're into right now that uh that you think uh, some aspiring business professional in the military may want to they want to tap into
1: i just got sent a book um, that was it's called never enough and it was written by commander mike hayes who was the commander of seal team two i worked for him in uh, afghanistan in 2012 and um and i haven't started it yet i'm going to be honest but the uh, the proceeds okay. go to pay off mortgages for gold star families and so i thought that was pretty. Okay. Good.
0: So it's written by a guy now. Never enough. Sounds good. Never I'll put it in the show notes.
1: Commander Mike Hayes. And uh and this uh, so I I I can't
0: say I've started it yet, but that's my next one. Sounds good. Me too. Sounds good. I'll do the same thing. Amen. Awesome. Well, Mike, it's always a pleasure. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice, but uh but that it's great to catch up with you. It's great to kind of hear where you're at professionally. I really, really appreciate you carving out some some time to Tell, the, tell us, tell military was it tell me, but certainly tell military officers some some best practices on how to do it right. I do appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And, and Pete, I appreciate you thinking of me even if you were scraping the bottom of the barrel. but um, <laughs> the, uh, but sincerely, I, I, I don't think we had podcasts when I went through. Um, so like if, if people have questions, you know like specific stuff, I don't want to just be a voice on the podcast. like feel, please sincerely like send people my way if, if they, they want more
0: information. Sounds great. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'll just link your, um, your LinkedIn. I mean, anybody who listens to this, you can call me directly and I can link you up with Mike, of course, but, uh, but Mike, I'll also link you link, link your LinkedIn account and they can certainly reach out that way. Thanks to everyone for listening to the podcast, hearing Mike's story. Obviously Mike's emotional intelligence, work ethic, drive are just off the charts and, and it's really inspirational to hear someone who was so darn successful in the military uh, find a lot of success in one market and then turn around and replicate it and do the exact same thing again. So uh, just, a, just a real pleasure to catch up with Mike and hopefully you uh, enjoy that conversation as much as I did. Um, if you are looking for more information, if you happen to just stumble upon this podcast and listened all the way to the end and you want more information about what we do, how we do it and how we can help, uh, go to our website, Cameron brooks.com loads of free content and information that you can use to learn more, to, to work through your decision-making process. If you want to do a deeper dive on that and really get the handbook for the military officer transition, pick up a copy of PCS to corporate America found on Amazon All of the proceeds to that book go to the Nimitz Foundation, which is a nonprofit 501c3 um, organization focused on furthering military causes. So a great foundation uh, and something you can support while getting more information about how to make a transition effectively. Okay, for our next episode, that'll come out in two weeks from now, my colleague Joel Junker is going to do an episode on the three things that hiring managers look for in new hires, and I bet after listening to this conversation with Mike, I can bet I bet you can already start to imagine or guess some of those three things and some of the things that Joel will talk about. So stay tuned for that one. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Give it, give us a like if you would. That helps other military officers find us. Thanks again for listening. Make it a great day.